Plot, Blind, 2017. Best-selling novelist Bill Oakland loses his wife and his side in a vicious car crash. Five years later, socialite Suzanne Dutchman is forced to read to Bill in an intimate room three times a week as a plea bargain for being associated with her husband's insider trading. A passionate affair ensues, forcing them both to question whether or not it's ever too late to find true love. But when Suzanne's husband is let out on a technicality, she is forced to choose between the man she loves and the man she built a life with. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. And maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping in to different places. A spectacular. Welcome to Citizen White Cane, the podcast where we sit with blind characters for two hours each week, at first out of obligation, but over time we learn to love them. Um, my yes. name is Sky McLeod. <laughs> I'm Melissa Buckta. <laughs> and we are talking about the 2017 film. Well, it was released, it says sometimes it's 2016 and sometimes 2017, but it, luckily it has a very distinct title that oh, will make it very so, easy to find. So, so distinct. Which so, is blind. blind. <laughs> so easy to find that I was trying to pull the list up on um, Apple TV and I can't find it at all. Oh. It doesn't come up. <laughs> according. So, uh, I mean, ob- obviously, yeah, according to Apple TV, it doesn't exist. Um, obviously, Alec Baldwin plays our titular blind character. Yes. But I, I should look up because I didn't, else I didn't recognize Suzanne or her husband or anybody else. Um, well, it's uh, Demi Moore, right? Oh yeah, I could because she kept talking. And I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> I know that voice. Okay, that answers the question. What is Demi Moore doing these, these days? She's starring in films with Alec Baldwin as of um, uh, what would it be four, three to four years ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I didn't even. I'm. This must have been a straight to video release or something because yeah. I don't ever remember hearing anything about this in theaters. Granted, I was still I was in my last year of conservatory in 2017, so I was very so, preoccupied. That could have been. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see anything that said specifically it was like straight to um, DVD or anything like. Um, or I guess they're like would be straight to streaming at this point. Yeah, um, but, yeah. but I don't, I don't think so. Um, uh, I think it might have just been like a very culturally insignificant movie, maybe. <laughs> Pro- probably. I mean, okay, like I, I think it got a wide release. I think I did read that it got a okay. wide release. I mean, granted, we, I was, it was my, it's my week this week, so that's where we're watching this, and I was quite stumped last week as to what to pick. Yeah, because we wanted something kind of, you know kind of crappy i wanted something crappy yeah yeah just to take credit for my weird things <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, and i have to say although i don't think this movie is great by any stretch of the imagination um as a movie it's, it's not bad it's not bad it's, it's very com- it's silly it's yeah. very silly it's very silly but it does it have a beginning a middle and an end and is it shot uh fine yeah yes <laughs> yeah yeah and is it i mean like 
as I mean, just to kind of get into what our podcast is about with blind representation, I mean, it's not like there's nothing like really offensive about the Alec Baldwin's character other than it's Alec Baldwin, not an actual blind person. I know. I could (laughs) never... I could not get past the fact that I'm watching Alec Baldwin. Although that's honestly what I think when I watch any movie that he's in. He's oh, like it's someone Alec who doesn't Baldwin. disappear into roles. No, he's just uh, no. and he's always like the same basic character, sort of. Like he's just like the, different the, levels of charming with the same character. Di- different basically. levels of of charming asshole with yeah yeah yeah. 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 This, there's the same kind of assholey character that like you can just kind of dial up or down the charm, and right. that's kind of like his right. range is just like taking that same character and making them a range of charming. Yeah. But he yep. was, I felt like he was on the pretty far end of the charming, like to the charming end, yet the yeah. characters acted like he was a dick. Oh, I know. And I'm like, dickish. honestly, he's really not, he's really not that horrible. Like, And he actually has a legitimate reason to feel the way he does. Now, maybe he's yeah. been, maybe he's been grieving for far too long and, and it is time for him to get over it. And I think that's the, one of the lessons that he learns in, the, in this film. But, he's not cussing anybody out he's not hurting anybody he's not throwing books at anybody he, like, I mean says mean things oh, to yes. Demi Moore's character because I mean okay so Demi Moore's character is a um like uh business her her husband has some sort of like business scam going he, on, but I'm not really sure. It's insider trading. He's a businessman who does yeah. business business things. It's very and unclear it's, exactly it's, what. It's incredibly unclear because the movie doesn't care. Yeah, that's it. He, he, it's literally. It's literally. I gotta stop saying it's literally. I hate that because I listened back to myself and I'm like, stop saying that. Anyway, it's okay. He is a plot device. His, their whole relationship he is, is literally a plot device. He is though. literally. I can we, can we can actually use that. He is literally a plot device, so that uh, Demi Moore's character and Alec Baldwin's character can meet. Yes, and yeah, it is kind of like it. Yeah, it doesn't feel like he serves really much of any other purpose. Like, other than, I guess, that she has a husband, so that she, because they wind up falling in love, so it's like, so it creates tension that he's her husband also. He's also, you know, he's also evil jackass husband number 3076. Just like in the world? Yeah. In movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, and he's like a weird kind of asshole that he, like was just kind of a dick the entire movie and then at the very end he does like 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 the cycle of abuse is like involves kind of um oh gosh there's an actual term for it I should know this um but there's kind of like when you're if someone's like trying to is getting up the courage to leave then you're like oh I love you I'm sorry I'm sorry right like and he does that near the very end of the movie but like a lot of the times he's like getting her to stay in the relationship by being a dick and it's like that's not actually that doesn't really make sense that's not technically how abuse works well it's just kind of like a weird I don't know his abuse was you know he doesn't physically hit her or hurt her his, He's very his, emotionally his abusive. His abuse is, yes, is, is incredibly emotionally abusive. Yeah, that's, and he that's is how like he controls a, I, her. He does have, like, unnecessary, like, um, uncalled-for violent outbursts that are completely... That is true. Like, but it's just not towards her specifically. Mm-hmm. But we do... But then that also gives you the sense that there might be some more There's, threat to her safety y- Yeah, also. there is potential here to for him to get more violent towards her. And shouldn't she end up with with the the wonderfully handsome, sensitive, sardonic writer character that, you know, has wooed her with all of his 
seductive language and right. showed her and showed her a good time and they they went on walks together that were so magical and I know and I I, I, I sound like I'm poo pooing this whole premise when actually like I like I said at the top of the show it's, it's this is it's cute it's it's competent it's it's fine yeah it's, there's it won't harm anyone it's fine it's definitely and like the blind um the way that the script deals with the blindness is not super problematic like some of it's like it will occasionally veer into that I like that they call him visually impaired though yes they call him blind and he identifies as blind because he's blind right but the but he's also the word visually impaired is thrown around and that felt really cool for me being you know visually impaired person like I have embraced blind because that's what I am yeah but technical technical term is is visually impaired I have some vision. He has some vision. Right. He has some vision. Though, I don't know. Do you? I always get more annoyed when people say visually impaired because it always seems to me like they're downgrading you. <laughs> right. Well, I, I was always afraid to say blind because to me, blind meant you have no vision or you, you don't have any light sense. Like you, have right. no, you have nothing. You but are then blind. But by saying we're blind, we get to like, t- we get to educate people on the actual definition of blind. Right. right. <laughs> I, I am, I find it much easier to say that I am blind now, but when I was growing up, I was not blind. I was visually impaired. Yeah. I mean, I think that sometimes like I've heard like things where you'll have two able people where it's like, oh, say visually impaired, not blind. It's like, no, no, you guys like you're not talking to blind people. Like, right. come on. Blind, blind is not a dirty word. And yeah. And if you want to call me blind or visually impaired or over in the UK, they just say VI. Oh, you well, know, that's cool. If that's it's initials. Cool. Yeah. So I'm like, call me what call me any of those things. But I don't I'm not afraid now to identify as a blind person because that's what I am. You yeah. Know, visually impaired is a subsection of what I am, which is blind. So I just thought it was really cool that they, I, I can't remember if he, he himself refers to himself as visually impaired, but I know some of the staff workers did. Right. Well, there's, to him specifically. there's also, because I figured um, to do, do you want to do a clip real early on? Because oh I did God, get a clip yes. from the oh, first yes, few please. minutes of, like, it's this is within the maybe the first well, 15 minutes. So. I mean, play that clip because I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, we get to hear Alec Baldwin speak. Actually, this clip barely, I don't think he really speaks. We can. Fuck you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He speaks at the end of the clip, so we can keep playing to hear him. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is the scene where um, we have the the receptionist kind of person who runs sort of this oh. this place for the blind that Ella Baldwin gets services from. Yes, mm-hmm. Ella is mm-hmm. her name, according to the person who actually knows names, which is you, Melissa. I don't know. I Yay. said that very weirdly. <laughs> oh, okay, but, That's okay. Yeah, um, but Ella. He, yeah. And the place he's learning at is um, Beacon for the Blind. Yeah, is that a real one? It sounds. God, real. that sounds so real. That's it something. Really I, that's real. something I should have looked up. But yeah, I'm like, this has to be real. Anyway, but that's, yeah, that's all, where he's going. There's all variations of the yeah similar ones, but I think it is it is portrayed in a very positive light in the movie. So oh, they yeah. could have probably used a real one because they wouldn't have like it. They're not like besperching like mm-hmm. someone's name. <laughs> it felt a lot like the the NFB headquarters in. Um, Baltimore. Oh, they have a yeah. huge center for the blind in Baltimore. It's really cool. Nice. Well, well, you'll definitely have to uh, talk more about that. Um, but in this clip, um, we have this is. Uh, do we say that um, that it is community service? That Dem- what is Demi Moore's character name? Suzanne. Suzanne. We can we can say we can say community service. Her. So. Um, for now, we'll just say community service, and then I can we can elaborate on it. Okay. After the clip. Yeah. yeah, it's for well, because I mean, we already talked about the that 
her husband is committing crimes and right. so and so she just winds up getting implicated in that and ha- and instead of getting a jail sentence has to do community service mm-hmm. which is how she meets Alec Baldwin yes. and this is the first scene where at the beginning of her the like before she's met Alec Baldwin this is just the um, Ella talking about Alec Baldwin um, before she meets him welcome to the beacon for the blind uh, right this way Always keep in mind his disability is only one aspect of his personality. Yeah, you'll get used to it. Use his name when addressing him in a group setting. Oh, hey, Janice. Don't ever push, poke, or shove him. Of course not. Why would I do that? Well, when people see a blind person start to get up, their instinct is to help him. But with Bill, if he ever needs any help, he'll let you know. He can still see shapes and light, but don't use any hand signals or gestures. He won't be able to make them out. And then one last thing. For the visually impaired, Feeling is seeing, so don't be alarmed if he touches you. Touches? <laughs> Just give me one minute. Bill? Bill? Yes? Good news for you today. We finally have a female reader for you. What does she look like? What do you care? Well, I wasn't always blind. Ugh. <laughs> uh, Suzanne? Suzanne Dutchman. Meet Bill Oakland. Huh. How do you do, Mr. Oakland? Tough name to carry around these days. I'm sorry. And then, Excuse me. This no. is kind of like a longer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We don't have to no, go yeah, to. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that I just thought that was a good clip because it had the different, um, just the like rundown of the things you're supposed to do with a blind person. Well, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and I think that is placed there and said she says it that way because not only are you. Uh, is Suzanne learning but the audience it's for right, the audience. Exactly. It's exposition for the audience so that Suzanne and Bill don't have to have this long drawn out conversation like About so what? what can you see you know right yeah, right n- right yeah and yeah, I, which it's I, funny because they do this twice. Like she, I was like, which one should we play? Because this is actually a monologue that we hear slightly different before that monologue. Because we have two characters that were we meet that are working with Bill, and um, and the other character is has already met him, and so yeah, he gets the same t- like t- uh, lecture, Gavin, <laughs> but it's slightly his, different. His previous reader, Gavin, yeah, 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 whom whom is is really cool actually. But Bill, he's not Bill's favorite at first because Bill prefers a female no. voice right because he uh, he is upset about anyone who um like comes in to read to him apparently like he like everyone has trouble with bill is what we get before we meet him because like, he's angry and crotchety and yeah, mean he's sort of sort of yeah yeah it's it's really interesting <laughs> it's it's that fine line it's like lovable me <laughs> right I mean I think that it's weird to me too because I'm like we're in New York so it's like this I mean I could see like if you're in Southern California that he would come off as mean but like these are New Yorkers like he does not come <laughs> he comes off as very nice like he's very nice for a New Yorker he's just like slightly abrasive but like in a way that's like he will make fun of people for things that seem legit and it's mm-hmm. not like he punches down or anything no. like he's usually punching up right he also doesn't he's a very he's an intellectual person and i i also think that he just doesn't want to deal with stupid people yeah get on his level or get out he doesn't have he doesn't have time for you right and he's just like and and he's also just like kind of 
he seems generally pretty like friendly. I don't know. Maybe this is just being brought up in more of a like East Coast family. Like my mom's from New York, my dad's from Boston, so it's like I'm just like that's how you show love. It's just being kind of abrasive. <laughs> that just means that he likes you. Well, in, in my in my family, uh, getting called a little shit is a term of endearment. So yeah, I get that. It's. I mean, there is like, and he is just very. Um, it doesn't, it really does not feel like kind of, um, very, like it doesn't feel very, uh, what's the right word, like aggressive at all. But, mm-hmm. but that's kind of, and I don't, I don't know, blind people are generally pretty, I think we tend to have a pretty wry sense of humor. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah. do. So it just seems like, but they're like, he is unlike anyone else here and that he is so abrasive and mean mm-hmm. and you're like. I don't know, sure, whatever. Yeah, and getting back to his blindness, his character's blindness, um, I like that all of that exposition is stated because you it's said that you know he, he sees shapes and colors. He sees yeah. he's light. He has light sensitivity. This now gives this blind character and or the actor permission to look and look at someone's eye line. You know he can't see her eyes right. obviously like me. But he can see enough of, you know, a blob. Yeah. So he knows in what direction technically he is supposed to be looking. So you can kind of sort of excuse some, some of, of the, the eye lines, the eye lines and the yeah. sighted and the sighted things that he does because, oh, he still has a little bit of vision left. That right. makes sense. So that was actually really cool. I'm like, cool. I don't have to come in here and and uh, rag on Alec Baldwin because he didn't try or right. do enough because he I think he did he did find I mean given yeah given that introduction of the character with his vision I was not it didn't like I'm always for this podcast paying attention to people's eye lines um, so I was focusing in on it because that's what I always do but like but it really there was no point where I was like oh he did like this seems totally uh, unbelievable yeah because like occasionally he will do some sighted like looking around but it's really not that like not that much though it is kind of funny like after watching touch of the light i feel like we have like a real blind actor and his eyes are all over the place i'm like oh yeah that's like what my eyes are probably more like that than anything else yeah (laughs) alec comparing um shang's eyes to alec's eyes or bill's eyes i guess i (laughs) I know his name is Bill, but he's Alec Baldwin. I know, it is very, yeah. Anyway, and yeah. Bill and Alec are both kind of just like generic four-letter white dude names. <laughs> yes, no, no, yes. no, five and four. There you whatever. go. Uh, but if you look at Shang's eyes and you look at Bill's eyes, they're they're completely different. I mean, it's, no, it's both four. I don't know what my brain is. Sorry. That's okay. I just wanted to say that. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> but because you, we, we, we meet him like right after that scene and it's the traditional, we're going to shoot this blind guy, but you're only seeing parts of him. Like you see his mouth and then you see his eye and then yeah. you see part of his head or side of his head. And I'm like, wow, that obviously that's visual language for he's blind. blind. Yeah. Um, it is weird how many I I wish they did that with other people's eyes. It's only his eyes. And I'm like mm-hmm. that that I was but like, his OK, eyes, whatever. Yeah. But his eyes are normal. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. I'm No, no offense to Alec or anything. He's got beautiful eyes, but there's. Nothing that says these eyes are blind. And, and again, I'm not saying he has to wear prosthetics to make his eyes look different. Not all, you know, I'm, you and I have, don't have, we have, you know, quote unquote, normal eyes, you know, looking eyes. Normal looking eyes. Normal looking well, eyes. Yeah, it's sometimes like, and, and then it's also that question of like how much is a normal looking eyes 
like in a picture they look normal or is it like mm. actually how you use them on a date because I don't all the time not yeah. be looking at things or like there's a lot of you know and I and sometimes I'll snap into like pretend like not pretending I can see but just like I'm not trying to see so I'll just like look directly at people because I'm like I don't need to see you I just want you to like like not notice that I'm not like that I can't see you basically like so I'll, I'll just look at someone even though that means I can't see them at all because whatever I'm looking at I can't see but like so you know to see something I'm gonna look away from it so that can be noted that's definitely noticeable to sighted people um but then it's also like my eyes look normal if you just took a picture and I mean a lot of pictures I'm not looking in the normal direction you would expect me to be looking so that sometimes is gives it away but like if you know just yeah just a snapshot of my eyes they look normal but then it's like how much you use them because some yeah. people don't have yeah. one or have prosthetic one yeah exactly yeah I don't I don't mean to say like normal because what is normal we don't know what normal is but that was... right but there's like layers of it though I mean I know mm-hmm. what you mean I mean it's... my yeah, I, I had a good friend who, who was blind and his eyes were, uh, I don't remember what the technical term for his condition, but he has the one where the whites of the eyes grow over the irises and they're so oh. thick. that So when you look in his eyes, it's just white. There's oh, no, there's nothing else cool. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, well, and I, I don't know, how do you feel about, like, even if his eyes were weird? No, weird. That's too judgmental. Different. I mean, even if his eyes were, yeah, like different, what's not considered to be the, you know, normally what people's eyes looks, look like, um, would would we need to have all those close-ups of them? No. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I'm just, I just, I guess I just find it curious that the same visual language is used to convey blindness. Like the close-up of the, the eyes? The close-up of the eyes, the close-up of the mouth, the close-up of an ear. Uh, I'm not saying we saw his close-up of an ear Do in this film. Do we see but... close-ups of other body parts? No. Yeah, because those would be more him. relevant. Right, it's just him. Like, I can, I find it much easier, like Touch of the Light, you saw when there was a close-up, it's always hands. Right. It's always his hands. Which makes way more sense. Yeah, which makes, exactly, which makes so much more sense. Uh, yeah, or what the... he's doing with them, with his hands. Right. It would be like if someone didn't have an arm and you were just putting in the space and their arms was like, this is a bad shot, you guys. <laughs> There's no reason for this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you would want to see if you're going to do that, you would want to see like if they um, only were um, if they had one arm, like maybe what they have to do or like something they would do with their feet if you're really going to do that. But then it's also like, I don't know. I mean, especially with blindness, like, I don't know. We can't see depending I guess it depends on what kind of visual impairment you have, but like I can see things that are very close up, but then mm-hmm. I also can't see the details of like I also have to be physically close to something to see it. So like if you have a close up of a non-blind person's eyes, that's not something I can see unless I'm like in their face. Like I can't see people's eyes. So sometimes it is kind of like jarring to like have these close ups of someone's face when I'm like most blind people I mean, depending on the kind of condition you have, maybe, but it is like, it's a weird, it feels almost like something that most blind people are less likely to be able to perceive as like a close-up of a body part of someone other than, yeah, like hands or something like that that Mm -hmm. would be closer Mm -hmm. to your eyes in some circumstances, but I don't know. And maybe we're supposed to take this as what Suzanne is seeing and how... 
Yeah, that could be. And the parts of of him that she's seeing. I mean, it's it's hard, you know. It's we're we're talking about a visual medium that is trying to represent someone with a lack of vision. Right. Though he does, there is one shot in the movie. Yeah, where you see what he sees. Where you see what he sees. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, look, it's like the world to me. Like, I I was like, this is exactly how the world looks to me. I did the same thing. I I was like, okay, I'm fine with this. My world is a a wee bit more in focus, but basically that's what I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, I think maybe I'm just very slightly more in focus. But I was just like, yeah, no, that seems about right. That seems exactly. Because I think it's also like you see the street or something. And I'm like, yeah, no. That's my vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. But, I mean, you could have technically filmed the whole movie that way. Because I was always very, like, um, especially when we have scenes with the two, with just Alec Baldwin and Demi Moore, like, in the room together. And we have um, close-ups of Demi Moore. And I'm like, who's seeing this? <laughs> like, who is this, who who is this is perspective <laughs> coming from? Because it's like you just have a blind person and her. So it's not her and right. it's not the blind person. Oh, and, okay, since we are talking about them being together so obviously he takes her on as his reader yeah even though they have like squabble and spat um, at the like first couple times in the first couple times yeah because and then they're like kind of slowly become friends i guess a little flirty flirty and then yeah yeah, they become friends and they flirty flirt but um yeah because he doesn't like the way she reads he doesn't he doesn't like her cadence which she doesn't read very well no she doesn't she (laughs) well she starts out shitty and then she gets a little better right but no yeah uh and then he uh he likes to keep the room he likes to keep the window closed because he doesn't want any outside distractions he needs to concentrate on the words he makes a point actually which i i thought was very interesting and and nice about the fact that he is he can't see the words for proofreading so he has to focus more right yeah, exactly. which I was like, yeah, that's right. Cause that makes I'm, sense. Because I, I don't like when things are hot, but I, so I'm always instantly going to relate to whoever's hot in a scene. But then I was like, oh, but I totally understand what he means. Like having distractions from outside when you're hearing someone read something would be really difficult. Like it's really hard to process it. Um, something that you as a professor need to edit and make put a grade on. Right. Because he is a uh, college. Do we say English, that um, that's what she's reading? Oh no, she. So she, he is a a college professor, a university professor in right. creative writing because he's a novelist, and basically he needs readers to read his students' creative writing work. Right. So that's what she is. And to do. that's also why our other reader character, who then, um, because he has a man's voice, winds up just being a handyman for Alec Baldwin yeah. um, instead of a reader. Um, and his name is Gavin. Gavin. Mm-hmm. I was like, it starts with a G. Um, yeah. Um, so Gavin, um, he like uh, he wanted to take uh, Alec Baldwin's class. He's like a fan of his. But then, because he also, because Alec Baldwin has also written books, because I think we said he was a novelist already. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so so he. He lies at first, saying that he's an that he's an NYU student and just couldn't get into Alec Baldwin's class. And then later on, we find out he doesn't have enough money to even like Think be at NYU. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's just like he want. It was just his way of like having Alec Baldwin teach him. And so that's um, yeah. I don't, I don't remember specifically why I brought well, that up, but <laughs> um, they they eventually do come to a, to an understanding because uh, uh, yeah, Ale- Alec realizes that Gavin is well he's not the reader that he wants but uh maybe he could come over and do some handiwork and help out around uh around his apartment right uh which he does and begrudgingly but he does and yeah he's rewarded with not of course not with money but yeah he's rewarded with uh 
being able to come and Does Alan sit Alan not class. give him money? I can't remember because no, they talk about it. They do. It's kind of a funny exchange. No, he gives him uh, he gives him the opportunity to come to his class, which right. which is what Gavin wanted. <laughs> right, I, right. The money, I'm sure, is great and would help also. But what he really wanted was to, to get insight and to be taught. I mean, he could have kind of done both, though. I mean, yeah. His, I mean, he lives in New York, and a, he I had know. a nice place, a so really Ali Baldwin nice could have definitely been, he could have spared some change for this guy. Yeah, but hey, we're artists, we're, we'd rather be paid in experience, so. You can be, yeah, you can definitely be paid in both, especially yes, with someone who, like, seems like they probably could, though, I mean, he is a professor and a novelist, which you're like, I don't know if his place would be that nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't feel like you'd be making <laughs> enough money. <laughs> well, we don't know what his wife did. Yes, because his, his she might have been bringing in the bacon. Because his wife, possibly, yeah, we just get very like vague windows into what the whole mm-hmm. deal is with her. We see her in flashback, but right before the the accident, the, right, they killed her sight. and took his yeah. yeah, um, which is like, and they were like about to get a divorce. It's kind of weird because yes. it's very like it. It's made to be a very important part of the movie and like so that we keep coming back to but then we also don't really get a lot of information and the information we do get is not usually used all that much mm-hmm. like the only thing that's really used about the car accident is first of all his wife is dead and then he's blind and that's like basically it like there's not like well, he's having trouble getting over his right. wife. I think this is a, this is a story about, a, a, about a, a novelist who has a severe case of writer's block because I think that's even said Oh, set yeah. or brought up at one point like I'm blocked and the only the only reason I'm not now is because of you because Suzanne has come into his life and right. lit that spark because Gavin when he's cleaning finds an old manuscript of this novel that uh, that Alec Baldwin had been working on right. before his wife before the accident and he decided he couldn't do it anymore he didn't want to finish it so Gavin takes it and reads it um, because his book, the book that that uh, Alec Baldwin's character had written, taught him how to be a man. He 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 wrote this he wrote this amazing <laughs> book, oh, something something Venus that that taught everybody. Yeah, I could about, not. I actually you know, went like three times to like see if I could read the title, and I gave up because Hulu's ability uh, to yeah. pause is really annoying. Yeah. And so who knows? Um, but yeah, so he, which I mean, it is kind of interesting. They don't really talk about. Um, how he would technically also need someone to write for him, theoretically. Theoretically, I mean, there's compu- there's spoken programs on computers that you can yeah, use but the, yeah, okay, because he is having that. them read, but he even has at one point he has people read or um, he has Suzanne uh read the works of his students, and so if, yeah, and, which are on which are handwritten. Which kind of doesn't make any sense. He could just have them send him readable files, like that is logistically. True. But I think, I think he needs to hear a human voice read read their work, and that's how he makes sense of everything. Right? I mean, would you want a computer voice reading to you, you know, six hours a day or whatever? And she's only reading to him for two and a half hours. Yeah, she doesn't read. She doesn't have super long, which also is like, because then she's also like when he's doing books for. Um, like that he's going to have the students read he also has to reread them um mm-hmm. so so that's another thing that he has her doing which also like what was the one that that she was reading like um it's a fam- whatever whichever book it was it's a famous book 
that probably oh, has an audiobook. Anna, Anna Karenina. Yeah, which has, I'm sure that has an audiobook. So, like, I'm sure you could get the audiobook of that. But, yeah, but at this point, they were they were kind of sort of, you know, getting to like each other. So right. maybe, he, maybe he, he just wanted to hear her voice. I mean, I, I'm sure that's it, but it is, like, there, there are technological things that he could be doing for all the yes, stuff he has yes, her doing yes. already. So you would think, think he probably... I think that's maybe that's another reason why I kind of sort of was, like was okay with this movie as far as all the cliches and everything because he falls in love with her for her for for her for her voice for her personality for for her life you know for everything that makes her her yeah you know because he can't obviously he can't, he can't tell what her. she looks like but in, in that clip he even asks which is silly yeah, it is yeah. kind of weird when you think about it because like a blind person asking about how attractive someone is there is kind of like it does kind of put it to a window of how like s- there are aspects of relationships that have much more to do with like social like currency than they actually do with like s- just simple attraction um that's definitely something i think about like you hear people who you know feel ashamed of, like certain people they're interested in because it's like seen as you're not supposed to like you know, you're talking about, like, people being out of someone's league or something, when right. it's, like, it doesn't actually take into account that, like, that's not truly how attraction works necessarily, and, like, sometimes people might make choices based on what they're supposed to like and not, you know, necessarily someone that they would find, um, like, that they actually find attractive as mm-hmm. much. Um, so I, I, that, I just think about that when we have these blind characters asking if people are attractive, like that it has much more to do with what society will think of you than it actually has to do with the attractiveness, which I mean, I guess is kind of like true of all sided people too. It's just that it's more stark when you have a blind character, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I, I appreciated that, that aspect. Like, that's, that's cool. Like we're getting to see a relationship. Uh, I can't, I have a really hard time saying that feels real because everything in this movie just falls so neatly together and it's you can predict like where this thing is going yes yeah, some at of them every single turn and i'm like oh i should really hate this movie and i don't really hate this movie i mean <laughs> it's definitely by the books it's so extremely yeah yes. yeah and i think that like i mean a lot of movies are like that i mean sometimes the most disastrous movies are the ones where you are like okay, I guess this is probably where they're going with this, and then they do something that makes no sense, and you're like, wait, a second, you didn't even do the obvious thing; you just did something that now there's just all these plot holes, and it just doesn't actually make any sense that that would happen. You know, those are the ones that are the worst. There's right. just so many movies where it's like, okay, I guess we just connected the dots that you always connect, and it's like, you yeah. did, it was fun along yeah. the way. It's like a roller coaster. It's like, yeah, I've been on like the exact same loop since you know <laughs> this. this <laughs> all the roller coasters go up, they go down. You kind of get a sense of <laughs> how they're gonna be. You know, but it was fun just because we did it, I guess. But yeah, um, I'm not. You know, I'm not angry that we watched this, and I, I, I feel 180 degrees different than when we watched the trailer last week, because I was like, oh, this. Here you go. You want a bad movie? Here, this is gonna be terrible. Like, I this know is you're. Gonna be are you? Am I gonna subpar. have to start like really <laughs> going into like bad movies? Because maybe we could just switch places. You might. And this is this was on a list of like. Lower lower tier blind people. I don't trust those lists very much. I mean, yeah, and I'm not going to say, you know, this is 100% the best depiction of a blind person that we've seen because it's not. 
you know, obviously. But I think that a lot of this is credit to Alec Baldwin is a damn good actor. And he can take almost any dialogue and elevate it and yeah. come off as, as completely believable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he definitely comes off as... He doesn't come up with, like, obviously um, cited, uh, which sometimes actors do. Like, and I think that more, it is weird when it is, like, an actor that is so um, identifiable. Like, it is different, I think, for me watching this, because I, like, it's just, Alec Baldwin is just always Alec Baldwin, no matter what, and it's just very, it's just all you can think of when he's on the screen, right. and so he he's he doesn't disappear into roles, like, he kind of can't, but, like, so it is kind of weird watching him play a blind character when we've, like, analyzed all these different actors, you know, that we know to varying extents, but to have someone that's so, like, noticeably who they, you know, they're themselves... It is kind of weird because you're like you you kind of have to be like okay yeah he's he's blind um, in this movie but it's it's weird because most of the time you're like oh it's also Alec Baldwin so it's just right. like yeah he's pulling off that he's Alec Baldwin I I want to look up the Rotten Tomatoes score for this really quick because I'm very interested uh, I want to know because I'm I didn't really read look up any reviews or see anything like that um, I think. Yeah, I, I don't remember, actually. I, I was looking up some stuff. Uh, he, I saw in the credits, though, uh, Alec Baldwin did executive produce the movie. That makes sense. Was, he was one of them. Are. Yeah. So I'm wondering how much input he had on the character of, of Bill. Okay, so let's see. On Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 19%. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But 80% of Google users liked it, and 5.8% of IMDb people liked it and 36% on Metacritic so I guess it's like panned by critics and decently liked by audiences is what it it. seems like yeah Yeah. I mean if you cut out all of the bullshit with her crooked husband and all of his dealings and everything then yes I that that the other part of the movie is the part I actually enjoyed I, I enjoyed these two people kind of sort of getting together and flirting going out and and yes of course you know obviously spoilers uh they end up together at the end of the film spoilers spoilers uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean obviously they're going to end up together at the end of the movie and they do yeah it's i mean the one thing about this movie is like i can't imagine there would ever be a human being on earth who would be like this is my favorite movie <laughs> no no oh no no if you ask me like yeah, th- this is definitely not my favorite movie. But is this, you know, did I think about uh, recommending it to my mom afterwards? Yeah, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's like it does it does it does what it does well enough. And, yeah, I mean, I think that as for, like, kind of the blind, I mean, because we do have so much of the movie as random blind stuff, and some of it is kind of like, you know, we just like little things that are like yeah you, I mean this is right enough like there's nothing nothing like shows up where it feels like oh my god this is some like either this is something that I can totally relate to and I've never seen a movie before and there's also nothing where you're like what the fuck no blind person has ever done that except for they do have some face touching oh I yes the face touching scene happened and I was like oh Sky's gonna yeah. have a field day and then the blindfold came out and I laughed that part I thought was funny. That's 
Um, I feel like that one, weirdly enough, it should be more cliche, but that's like the first movie we've launched with that in it. So I guess isn't, it's not isn't that cliche. That weird? No, <laughs> no, but the, not only that, but I was kind of like, wow, um, in the context of their relationship, I don't know, it kind of works. Like I could see, I don't know, like I could see these two people like, hey, hey you want to put the blindfold on? Yeah. Because like, it could be kind of like kinky. It's a little kinky. <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching this. I was going, wow, this is kind of kinky. Yeah. I mean, that's why I didn't bother me as much because it felt just like pl- more playful. And, you know, sex is supposed to be playful because they're kissing. I mean, to like kind of describe that scene, like it's bef- is it the first time they kiss? Yes, I think so, because then after that, it they're more, it comes easier. Yeah, she likes, like, me, yeah, and she, because it's after, I think, they go on a date, right? Yes, because he, yeah, he takes her to the to the wonderful French restaurant, and they stroll down the streets of Brooklyn, talk about Paris, and all the places <laughs> that they, they want to go. Uh, uh, yeah, and what yeah. traveling is like. And what, exactly, yeah, and what traveling um, is like. And then she, and so then he, they get back to his place, and, and she's like, I want to see the world, so like, you see the world. And then she puts her scarf, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a scarf, mm-hmm. um, like on her eyes, and then they kiss. So it is very... After <laughs> after he's touched her face, and she's touched his face. Oh, yeah, is it, is there like, are they both kind of, can, I can't remember, are they both connected to are they in like the same moment of like one than the other i think you might yeah be right. yeah it all happens yeah she wants him to touch her um because she asks him she asks him what do i look like and he says well you look like a a, a blob blob basically <laughs> not, not he uses much better words than that but yeah you, you look like a blob and so she has him touch her face and he's like you're so fragile only Alec Baldwin can make that line palatable yeah I mean it's it's still pretty questionable oh no oh no doubt no doubt no doubt Um, fragile fragile. cause they're and then she touches him you're fragile too (laughs) oh my god a woman and and a a disabled person are fragile wow that's really saying something revolutionary over here they've both been through trauma holy shit well Um, yeah you would think someone who's been through trauma if you're gonna use a metaphor they would be tough they would have like you know be resilient that's technically be the correct term yeah I mean I understand the metaphor it's just the way it happens is weird what is the metaphor well He's he's fragile because he went through this this awful accident that took his wife and took his vision, you know, and so he's learned he's learned to resilient. Well, he's learned. Yes, he's learned to be resilient. He's learned to have a tough skin. But, you know, she's spent time with him and she's found that person that's underneath that still that fragile person. And she uh, has lived with this douchebag for however long or whatever. And she presents this tough, thick skin to the world. Like it, do, like it doesn't matter, but Weird. but she is, you know, fragile and should and deserves a kinder person and deserves to be looked at, looked after. So I get it. But they're both pretty direct people. They kind of just speak their mind whenever and then, like I don't know. I feel like you can kind of tell both sides of them from the beginning. It doesn't really feel like there's some sort of uncovering of of who they are. No, they seem pretty like just you know they they seem pretty New Yorker both of them. Just right, like, I'm gonna tell you what I think. <laughs> yeah, but we've also watched a bunch of like we've watched a bunch of movies together, so it's you know it's it's no surprise that that like just that they would that they would put on a thick tough skin and then you find out oh but you're so fragile. Right. It's but not they, really, you know. 
Right, but there, I guess, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I don't, I feel like from the, like, beginning to the end of the movie, like, their circumstances change, but it just doesn't really feel like their personality is, I guess, like, um, Suzanne, uh, her personality becomes, a l- she is, like, more, like, emotionally available by the end, I think, but I don't even know if, like, if if Alec Baldwin becomes more, does I guess he sort of becomes more emotionally available. Yeah, well, he I guess yeah so. well emotionally available in the sense that he learns that he can love again. That right, he's, which he's, I mean that, that he's ready emotionally you know? available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess so. I like it. Just it feels like they both have kind of a charm and like a and a not super. Neither of them seem all that like psychopathic from the beginning like to me at least and then no by I, don't, then... I don't think they're psycho if there's if anyone is a psychopath in this movie it's her husband yeah well he is definitely but like but they're both characters everyone else like treats them like they're so well because like <laughs> demi moore's line where she keeps saying that he's a self-centered and a narcissist mm. but, but just happens to be blind and i'm like do you know that those mean exactly the same thing self-centered and narcissist <laughs> it's very redundant just one concept so stuff but then she she like says at the beginning she's like you are um yeah she says that at the beginning that he just happens to be blind and then at the end she's like you're you know at first i thought you were self-centered and a narcissist and just happened to be blind and now i think i still think that you're self-centered and narcissist and blind and i'm like wait a second and, but you're also, I don't even remember what the also is, but like, a night, you know, fragile underneath or whatever she says. Yeah, and that's not what she I says. I think that's what she says. Like, you're, that, you're fragile. You're... Right. But then it's like, you're not, that's first of all, again, you're saying a thing that doesn't make any, that this is like, you know, basic, like logic, mathematical logic. What you're saying is completely <laughs> incomprehensible <laughs> because yes, you could be narcissistic, self-centered and blind and then she says that he's not that he's just all of that plus something else so i it's yeah uh, maybe this is just <laughs> my brain my robot brain but it it, it really bothered me <laughs> but, um but she yeah so so that's but that's from the beginning she like accused him of being self-centered and a narcissist and like after that he's like insulted her for being a rich person mm-hmm. and like which is like fair like like her husband like just went to jail for like um insider trading yeah, so think, he yeah, makes yeah. assumptions about her and granted like you're not supposed to make assumptions about people and that's a fair critique but like he's also making assumptions about her based on her husband who did something really awful that's like very like terrible to take like very much like a, a abusive pa- abusive power and she's rich and he's making fun of her for being rich and like those are not like that's not narcissistic stuff like that's just him kind of a little bit punching up in not the most productive way right but. and i mean we, we didn't we even touched on the fact that she finds out that her husband is has been having an affair with her best friend right and throughout the movie which is mm-hmm. kind of like a very like just kind of buried kind of plot that we get we'll it, get it, every 40 yeah, minutes yeah we get it, like it another surfaces thing in it. <laughs> and then it dies and then it surfaces again and it, yeah and and, and there's I'll, not really a good payoff other than she's like well i guess i can get a divorce now and you're like you didn't really need that you didn't need you that didn't at need all the, no. to get it for her you to be justified in getting a divorce just left him yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, of course, he's like, you know, I'll never do it again. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Like, And then she essentially has an affair with with Bill. Right. Uh, and, of course, you know, it's it's the end of the world because how dare, like, he can cheat, but how dare she cheat in this relationship? Right. You know, because she's his. Which, but that, at least, is, like, consistent with abuse. Yes. Like, yeah. so that I was less bothered by. But then when he was like, I hate you, but also I know you're, like, about to leave me, but I'm going to just say that you're a bad person and you should stay with me. Or, no, he doesn't even say you should stay with me. He's just like, he's just like, you're a bad person, but you're, you know, we're still married, right? And she's like, yeah, I guess so. And you're like, okay, why? Like, she has no incentive to, like, say that she, she's not, I don't know, it's weird. I don't remember the exact specifics, but I was just like, why? He, you could show a little bit more of, like, why she's staying in a relationship. It seemed like to me, like, the writers we've never been in an abusive relationship but they've like only just known that someone was in an abusive relationship and assume that someone stays in an abusive relationship even when they're like there's no incentive for them to stay and like just doesn't fully understand how the dynamics of abuse work which is why it bothered me like because normally I would be like you know abuse you should never be like that's not real abuse right. but it's like but it's more just it doesn't feel real because it is written by someone well, who's and, a, a man so yeah and I mean as lo- and I mean as long as we're talking about this you know it's the these people are caricatures I mean well they're, I, they're not the, okay, the husband is absolutely a character. He's definitely He's a character. Yeah. And even though Demi Moore and Alec Baldwin's characters are more developed, they're still yeah, they're, they're still, still kind of kind of caricatures. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're just we're just kind of watching. Yeah, we're just kind of connecting the dots, and we're just watching these people go through the motions. I think I, but I just don't feel I just don't have enough vitriol to say like this is the worst thing I've ever watched no definitely not not. it's It's harmless it's definitely harmless yeah because I think it's also just you know you have a blind character that's not super offensive you know this I mean not not super offensive makes it sound like it's offensive but like that just doesn't um doesn't really like set off any alarm bells seems fine you know it's 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 good enough there right. is one thing i think that i do want to talk about because I, I read this article that where the director talked about the decision to cast Alec baldwin instead of an actual blind person oh yeah no please do um and it is very problematic so i figured we should probably talk mm. about it while mailer the son of norman mailer who is making his directorial debut with the movie recognizes the good work of the foundation he takes issue with its viewpoint. Here is his response, which he titled Where Does Political Correctness End and Cultural Fascism Begin? Boo. Related story mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin, to me more are blind lovers, roadside ready's Lady Macbeth, specialty B.O. preview my soon-to-be. Released film Blind was recently criticized by the Ruderman Family Foundation, a disabled advocacy organization, for casting Alec Baldwin in the role of a partially blind man. Their objection is that Alec is not actually blind. In its statement in the July 5th Los Angeles Times, the foundation accuses the film of Crip Face, a takeoff on blackface. Not only is such a statement unhelpful to disabled advocacy, it also in effect discredits Academy Award-winning performances over decades by the likes of Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot, Jamie Foxx and Ray, John Voight in Coming Home, Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman, and Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything to name just a few denigrating Boo. these actors and films as both ignorant and unfair. I have always said no movie, particularly an independent one, ever wants to get made. It must be dragged, kicking and screaming, into production. In order to greenlight an independent film, 
one must attract a name actor for a fraction of a studio paycheck if there is to be any chance at getting the film financed. And while I'm sure there are many talented, vision-impaired actors out there, I do not currently know of any who have the marquee appeal needed to get even a modestly budgeted film made. Your fault. Such are the realities of film financing today. If Jay Ruderman had his way, none of the above-mentioned movies, including mine, would ever have what been produced. A beautiful These world inspiring that stories <laughs> that delve into the aspirations and empowerment of the disabled would not be told, and our cultural horizons would surely be dimmer. What? The situation also speaks to the larger forces governing political correctness, Boo. which have become so poisonous as to ossify okay, any stop, helpful stop, and progressive cultural we, discourse. We, and point. it goes on political for more correctness can be used yeah. as a cut. He, he's made his point. Okay, so unfortunately, uh, having studied a disability in the media in college, I, I in my... Um, media minorities and the women and women studies class uh unfortunately this is an argument that is made all over of the time and over, over and over and over again yeah and we even talked about it i was just editing wait and um wait until dark yes um uh, and we talked literally about this in that episode too like yes sorry that's okay um yeah no this is this is this is an argument that is made over and over and over again I'm not saying that it's wrong to praise those actors in those films. I for will their... say it. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> totally fine. No, hear, hear me out. I'm not. I'm not saying it's wrong to praise them uh, for their acting ability. But I do think we can't just write them off and put them in a box and say, "Well, these they already we, we can't talk about these because they already won Academy Awards and it's fine." Yeah, the Academy Awards is so fucking ableist. Right. Ex- exactly. And this is. This is the insidious part that lives inside the Hollywood system, the filmmaking system yeah. that has to change. Oh, well, we can't do this movie. We can't do this movie because we don't have a bankable star. And well, then I guess you didn't you didn't really want to make this movie, did you? Right. I mean, like, and it's just it's so stupid to be like he's acting like the system is like gravity. It's like this is a system that humans created and humans can change. Like right. you can't just fucking that's so bullshit. I mean, like that's just being like there's no welfare in America. And it's not like we could do anything about that ever. That's not a thing that could be changed or is worth mm-hmm. talking about changing but we you, should just like yeah. tell pe- poor people to get jobs or whatever it's like no no what are you talking about you want to <laughs> change the system you need to put your fucking money where your fucking mouth is and you need to cast disabled actors you have to do that and if that means oh no we have to actually come up with stories uh, about disability or the stories that feature a disabled actor then fucking do it yeah do it and if it, Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I'm, you're totally I'm on right. my I'm on my soapbox here. <laughs> I mean, no, I 100 percent agree with you. And it's also just like it's so offensive to say that it's it's harmful to disabled advocacy to say that you should be casting disabled actors as disabled characters. I mean, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's so like ad- yeah. disabled advocacy 101 to just be like, yeah, of course, blind people should represent blind people. Like, we should be playing blind people. It's not. That seems pretty basic, and to mm-hmm. say that that's harmful to advocacy is super. Offensive. I like yes, it is no, it is beyond offensive. That's awful, and I love the term that the term "crip face" is used because yeah, it's not. Use that. Yeah, it's not used enough, and it should be as frowned upon as black faces. Yes, because yeah, yeah, you're you're literally putting on, a, like they said, you're putting on this costume of disability. Right, and then it's just like it. It also means that we have these movies where we have like abled 
like directors and writers. We have all the cast disabled bodied. And then it's supposed to tell a disabled story. Like that's never good. Like that's how you get birth of a nation. That's not how you get anything worth anyone's time. Like, you know, it's just like you can't you it is not helpful to the disabled community to have movies where you don't have any disabled people working on them. Like they're about disability. If anything, that's harmful. <laughs> like right, right. And but I guess it's it's hard because I'm coming from someone who's gone to acting school and who's gone to who's gone to college for theater and you know has tried their very best to study the craft and be better you know I can see it's really hard for me to just discount those performances they're extremely ableist and they're and they're extremely incorrect and they're wrong but they're here we, yeah. we have them on film you know should this director have tried harder to cast an actual visually impaired actor rather than casting Alec Baldwin? Absolutely. Yeah. But I can't tell you that I didn't enjoy watching Alec Baldwin because that's not true. I absolutely did. But this this whole we can't find and yeah. they're not a bankable star, that is such a piss poor excuse. It's such a I love how he didn't even say we tried. He just right. literally said, well, we well, know not, we can't do it. We, we just assume we can't do it. We can't. Because, because you know, our, our movie, our movie, our play, our whatever piece of art you're working on, it just will not get the, the financial assistance that it needs. So, and Demi Moore is not going to help at all. Oh, I know, right? So you know what? You're making an independent film. You, the, this movie takes place in three locations yeah. at most, you know? Yeah, you really don't need a big budget. No, no, this, no. Most of the budget don't. probably went to Alec Baldwin, like... Well, well, either that or what happens is is these big-name actors are asked, please help me work on their in, on this independent film, and they work for a fraction of what they would... They make little to nothing. I don't think basically. that's what happened here. Do you think that? I think that um, Alec Baldwin and Demi took a cut took a pay cut i really do because that's how it works yeah to, i mean when, when you're talking when you're talking about independent films and i'm granted i'm not an expert i don't i don't how independent know is this film i'm not really sure i mean when the studio when the studio logos came up i didn't recognize a single of them I yeah mean, i'm trying you, to remember you, what they were you want to say how independent we didn't know this film existed well it is it did decide to call itself blind the least like it's just extremely like unnoticeable to make it be that because yeah. on imdb you have like movies that i'll go to when i pick a movie to, like, that have blind characters and there's like a list and i think there's seven different films called blind and so they all have to have the the year after them because there's Jeez. seven of them mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know if you really wanted it to have sort of like long lasting but okay but do you remember when we were watching the trailer for this and we heard alec baldwin's voice there well, are reactions i said uh, yeah. i think alec baldwin's in that movie before yeah. we heard his voice okay I think. okay okay but but or no no it was because we heard it right so our reaction was oh my god alec baldwin's in this movie we have to watch it well we were like this is gonna be bad right right we, so yes yes but still but still <laughs> We had like we would have watched it even if it didn't have Alec Baldwin in it, but still like because for the, for this podcast, but we but the prospect of watching Alec Baldwin was exciting. So although I don't support his argument at all, I think it's full of holes and I think it's full of I think it's full of BS. Unfortunately, because this system refuses to change. This is how this stuff works. But I feel like when you have, I think when the fact that Alec Baldwin is in this movie means that both of us were like, okay, we have to go through these plot points and we're not thinking about, you know, the next, like, 
I watched it yesterday and I'm still like this morning I was like oh wow this like left no impact on me and I think that star movies with stars in them kind of are more likely to do that like it's not and that's not definitely not a one-on-one like there's many 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 exceptions but I think like it just having a star in it makes it seem more like if it's just a, has a star and by the book storytelling, they're the least memorable movies. Oh yeah, I, I, I mean, am I gonna forget this movie after we're done talking about it? Absolutely. Yeah. I will probably never give this movie a second thought. But if you had like a blind actor and you yeah. had a a cast of non like celebrities, like a more like just kind of off the streets cast, right. or you had like you know up and coming people that weren't as recognizable, you. You could have done a lot more, and I think you could have made it more endearing. Like, I think this movie would have been more endearing with a more, with a less star-studded cast. Because with the stars, you're like, okay, well, this has got to be doing something. Like, it's got to really be working, because it has all these stars. (laughs) Right, right. But what if all the people they cast are, you know, a bunch of uh, first-timers, excuse me, a bunch of first-timers, or people with, you know, they don't have a lot of experience. I mean, would you really want to watch an hour and 45 minutes of bad acting well not bad acting but like um but actors that aren't as like identifiable because because i think the problem with american celebrities is or movie stars is that they aren't they don't they're not as an actory as other as actual actors sometimes like sometimes they're the least actory because they're always themselves you know they right. like that's what we were saying at the beginning of the podcast about Alec Baldwin and, and that's a lot of stars are like in America like it's a very American thing but like yeah because because they're banking on their name they're the directors and the producers and everybody who's making this film are convinced that their this person's name is going to put butts in seats because um, unfortunately that's how this system works and that's why we don't get any new people we don't get any disabled people uh because they aren't names nobody knows them therefore nobody wants no none of the studio execs want to take but a that risk. mentality has killed movies yes. i mean it's the same thing as super like how superheroes have killed movies because it's just like i never wanted to watch those you know my favorite director is richard linklater if you get a bunch of like very like unknown cast members and you do like a very understated like realistic story about people like that's the stuff i remember that's the stuff that sticks with me right. and i care about right. deeply oh my god i mean you said you said Richard Linklater and I like boyhood I yeah. I adore boyhood it yeah. was it was amazing it does have a couple stars but it's not but you have a main character that could have literally been a disabled person if that was what the story was about you know right, like right. and it's still and you still have stars and you still make a good movie <laughs> that's like that feels real because I think also I like when the main character is not a, a star because yeah. I think that when the yeah. main character is a star it's just distracting and it makes it so you're not really in the movie like it just takes you way out of the movie sure. and I want a someone who is unknown so that you can feel you just relate to them more and you're not being like I I, you know, I don't really relate to Alec Baldwin. He's just Alec Baldwin. He's there. Like, he's not, yeah. I, I'm not, he's not there for me to relate to him, which is also why it's hard for me to even remember exactly how his blindness stuff worked. Because it's like, well, yeah, he's just Alec Baldwin. I don't know. He's just being Alec Baldwin. I didn't, like, think, oh, what would I be like in this situation? I was just like, oh, yeah, Alec Baldwin's on the screen. So I think, like, there's, I'd rather most, like, main characters be played by unknown actors. Because I find that just to be so much more appealing. And I think that, like, you can have movies with whoever like you know with Alec Baldwin in them or you know even bigger celebrities but then you what you need is you need to not have this fucked up system where everything has to like make 10 times like what it spent or it has to be made on like a 
you know, two thousand dollars. Right? I mean, can you can you sell this movie overseas to China? Right. Well, that and that's a whole other that's thing a that whole makes me so other, mad. Yes, 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 yes. No, ab- <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I can absolutely see why, why and how critics took this movie apart or or could or could you know take it to task. I mean, I'm. Yeah, but but then you have you have things like oh god, I'm going to bring it up again because I think I talked about it last week. You have movies like Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh yeah, we well, need. You, yeah, we got. You have to watch that. We need more movies like that. You know, and, and granted, it that movie was written by Shia LaBeouf, an able-bodied actor, but he wrote it specifically for uh, a character with Down syndrome, who is played by an actor with Down syndrome. Yeah, and you need people. You, I mean, the thing is, it's only going. There's only going to be people who write movies, who direct movies, and who star in movies. They're only going to, that's only going to happen if you ever cast them, ever have them write movies, or, you know, you ever greenlit their movies or let them direct. Like, those, that's the only way to get people, to get a pool of disabled, you know, actors, writers, and directors. There's, if, that's yeah. the only way. You can't yeah. do it. You, it's like, there's no other way. If you're, if you're <laughs> sick and tired of seeing movies about straight white men, write something do do something because unfortunately that's well now i think times are changing well, now very we have slowly more but, like gay you know. we have more like movies with gay characters written by writers who are also gay mm-hmm. like even the way he looks was written by a gay man but not a blind man like and so i think there's still there is some more acceptability of People. I mean, like, because we're not we're not there on any of it. Um, like, no, no yeah. identity. Yeah. We're we're there, but like, but I feel like disability may be the absolute bottom of the barrel at this point. I think we're probably doing a little bit of a better job with everyone, even though we're not doing a great job with anyone. We're still like disability is I just imagine so that, far behind. Yeah, I imagine that maybe people don't want to work with us is because they they just they either don't think they can or they refuse to adapt things this is oh no i have to learn a whole different working style to right. work with this person and you know what i don't have the time i don't have the patience i don't have the money so why why bother when yeah. it's so it's so air quotes it's so hard to to do all of these things so why bother just cast an able-bodied actor to play disabled because then you you'd have to deal you have to deal with what you know right which is which in these people's minds is easier well i think that's a whole load of bullshit but right no but i think i think that's part of that argument and i wonder if like what what is the best way to change that like is it to have like there be a pretty much a consensus of critics that like the second you start if you cast a like an abled actor as a disabled character if critics are like yeah fuck that shit like we're not gonna like this and the academy awards doesn't mm -hmm, give them any awards mm -hmm. i think that is the first one of the well there's many things that needs to happen i think that is the first major thing that needs to happen we need to as moviegoers as movie critics lovers of film whatever we need to call this shit out and like when, have no patience when for it happens it. yeah yeah and have no patience for that and let let the higher-ups know let the tv people know let the movie people know let the studios know let the corporations and the companies who own all that shit know this is wrong and we are tired of it and we are not gonna take it anymore and i mean i, I you have, can do better in doing this podcast i always look up reviews and there are times where even like disabled people like people who are not even writing as film critics but are writing as disabled people will be like oh you know it was like a good 
her trail, which I guess we do that too of like, it's, I mean, we always say if it's a sighted actor, we always talk about how we feel about it. But it's just like, there's it, even there's some things where I'm like, I don't even put up with this. And I will see like blind people online saying, oh yeah, that's great. Like see or something <laughs> where, where there is like, you know, some blind people are like, fuck this, but like, which is like this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, but even if like in the disabled community, there's most consensus, most, it's mostly consensus. This is fucked up, but it just does not go past that. And it, and it's like, why can't critics just call people out on that? Like, I don't understand that. It. That I don't know because critics are their own people. They don't work for the studios. They have nothing to gain or lose by saying what they, what they think. Right. So why but, don't they just like make this a cause? It just seems so easy to do that. Like there's no like repercussions. For... I'm, I'm not sure. And I don't know. I, this is research that I have to actually do. I'm not sure how many of those critics are actually disabled people. I've been probably very few. Probably, ve- that's probably how very all few industries mm-hmm. are. Because you are dealing again, it comes back to you are dealing with a visual medium. You are dealing with a medium that is designed, inherently designed to exclude us. Yeah, well, us specifically. I, but I also think that like we would be the we're the best film critics, which is why we have this podcast, obviously. <laughs> but like also, you know, I don't think that I think that if you see film as excluding blind people, then that. I mean, I'm not going to, not to insult you, but, like, that's dumb. Like, blind, like, blindness is a gift to film, I think. And and I think that you're kind of just, it's just such a fucking missed opportunity not to, like, make it an integral part of the form. And, and it's just, I see so many sighted people do stuff, like, like, I think about cinematography and how so much of cinematography is, like, not what you're looking at, but everything around what you're looking at, which is why cinematography, to me, seems, comes so naturally, and I'll watch movies, like, that are obviously the cinematographer is a sighted person, and I'm like, this is a stupid shot, like, you just, you fucked up, man, like, and it's always a bit, probably, too, um, but... <laughs> Like, you know, like there is there there is all these things that we can offer because we see the world differently. And what the fuck? Why wouldn't you want people who see the world differently to make movies like that? There you go. It's right. perfect people to well, be making movies. And in this in this country, in this time right now, in this world, we are coming to a reckoning. Hopefully. We, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, ho- yes. Oh, my God, please. Uh, and it and people are, you know, with the with the with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, people are standing up. Marginalized people are standing up and saying we are here. Notice us. We are we make an impact. We make a difference. We matter. We deserve to be represented. Yeah. And are we not part of it, though? I do worry sometimes that like. I mean, obviously, we have intersectional identities as well. But, like, as a disabled community is... I mean, I think sometimes we're part of the discussion, but sometimes we're not. And sometimes I do get worried when I'll see, like, very activist spaces and disability is is sometimes an afterthought and sometimes just completely not present at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I haven't gone out to any of the protests because obviously I don't want to get trampled and die. disabled people don't really protest very often. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know this disabled person doesn't. I mean, I don't either. And I think it is a common thing. Like, I think many, many disabilities make protesting not the best way to, like, do activism. Like, it's just very hard for a lot of disabled people. What I, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, absolutely Black Lives Matter. Like, I, I am right there. I want to go, I want to go protest that. I want to go make my voice heard. But I, I'm a little wary to, you know, bring up the facts, like, uh, the cops are killing disabled 50% people. Fifty percent of the of people, people who die from police brutality are, are disabled. disabled, which affects like obviously disabled black people, right. like extre- like to 
to be black and disabled is just like comps you have a target on your hand mm-hmm. like comps are just mm-hmm. waiting to kill you like right. it's awful right and i want to i want to go out there and i want to say things like you know like all like black lives matter disabled, all lives matter no, i'm just kidding oh god <laughs> just kidding no, i know you're not no, saying no no yeah no 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 um but i want to say things like you know like disabled black lives matter yeah and i want to talk about disability and i want to talk about about this stuff because i th- i think it's time for the disabled it's people to it, it is to be heard but i don't but i'm like is it the right time well but it's so hard because like i remember a few years ago there was like someone there was like this like concerted effort to like write about the intersectionality of police brutality and they left out disability mm-hmm. and it was just shocking and people were like what the fuck are you doing like this is this is such an important part of the piece the, like like the puzzle i mean yeah the fact that disability isn't being talked about right now with every with everything is, that is going on is it's really concerning. sad it's concerning and it's sad now i can't say that it isn't at all because uh actually on the takeaway the uh, npr show uh, a couple of weeks ago they had a wonderful discussion uh they had on a disabled activist who was deafblind and oh, nice. she talked about uh the killing of um oh god there's so many i know deafblind people I, especially i know, it's so I know. there there was a um uh, a, a person of color who was talking to his grandmother and he was gesticulating uh, because he's deaf and he's a big dude. He's a wrestler. And the cops took it as he was accosting this old woman whom he wasn't. And of course, why he, do we have cops? I know. <laughs> I know. Time, I'm just like, why know, do we need these people? I know. And of course, he couldn't follow any of the commands that the police were right, giving him because he couldn't hear. So they shot him and they killed him. Yeah. It's it's just really. Yeah. And it's it's so. Now, it's it's t- obvious too. It's like having these. There's so many disabilities. You're like, yeah, of course, you're more in danger with cops. Like mm-hmm. everyone knows cops, mos, and like it doesn't like you know having asthma. Like we hear about all these people are choked. A lot of them had asthma. That's why breathing is harder. Like there's just all these things where it's like it doesn't. You don't have to do a lot of thinking to understand how this is a real big problem. <laughs> I'm I one of the reasons why I'm afraid to protest is because I'm really I'm convinced and afraid that my cane will be mistaken for a weapon. And mm. I will get, uh, uh, you know, I'll either get attacked, you know, by the cops or maced or shot at or, you know, yeah. whatever, because I'm just trying to get around. Right. And I can't, like, see well enough to know where things are coming from or mm-hmm. any sort of, like, and loud noises are extremely stressful and, like, just getting that's instruction another, is just... Big thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's so... I mean, I think... And this is the thing that I struggle with, because I'm just, like, is how do we fix this problem that like this the protesting is a decent way of like you know doing activism but is this part of the reason why disabled people are always left behind because we've not had any of these protest movements and part of that is because how are we going to do that like it's just not accessible like if you're in a wheelchair like the world is not accessible to us like and so it makes sense that being out on the street is part of what's unaccessible and why so many disabled people part of the oppression is like we're not able to leave our homes you know like that there's all these barriers like and and so you don't have the traditional protesting is not necessarily going to be something that's very liberating to us and it's only like when we're just like well I'm about to die because I don't have health care and I'm like dying of cancer you know it's like that kind of stuff we're like well I guess if I'm about to die I can just go protest but like but there's I feel like just the average person living with a disability like is just that it makes it just it just makes it harder to protest and I I worry that that's like a, a part of it because like 
why why are we so behind what's different about us i feel like our oppression is the same as all the other kinds of oppression like it's all kind of the same ideas just like in different clothing it's you know oppression is oppression is oppression and i just am so confused why we talk about disability so infrequently it's it's weird and so that's why i've been trying like and and that's why I wonder how much of that is the inability to really protest in the way that we do in the U.S. Because that is a very, you know, it, it is. I mean, I think there's other countries that are even more so like protest culture. But we do have a protest culture in this country. Like, well, and I can't I can't say that disabled disabled people have never protested because I mean, how do we, we do? How we, do we have. We, how yeah. did we get the ADA? We protested. Right. Right, you but know? then that's the only thing we've gone ever. So oh, is I know. it that we just do need a protest? Is that the pro? Because it's like I feel like we protest just a lot less. Like you know, Black Lives Matter it happens every year. Like because you know the cops are still gonna fucking kill black people all the time. So there's always a, always the occasion to do a, a Black Lives Matter protest because we live in a very fucked up country. But like you know, people are constantly on the street, and I feel like it, that's not you know 1990s yeah, a while ago. But it happens. It happens every year, and you and you, you said it. I mean it. We have oh, we have these protests now almost every year, and yet people are still dying. So I, I don't but, know. Yeah, but I think that like I think that it is an important part of making it part of the discussion, because like we were saying with the critics, like I do think that if the critics and and also like you know the Academy Awards fucking suck, and like they know that Oscar's mm-hmm. so white, and they don't always do anything about it. But like I think there's also like they can't avoid that. That's a thing, right? And and they're, and they're being they're being more held accountable. That, right. That's another. I think that's another way we're gonna cross this bridge is accountability. Like, accountability. But you that's ha- you have to start. But I think yeah, yeah. protesting is yeah. a big part of that because I don't think people realize. Because I I've had discussions with people where it's not like they're like inherently ableist people. It just never occurred to them that crip face would be a thing. Right. You know, it's just like because it is so normal. It's like, remember the beginning of coronavirus when there was exactly the same amount of threat there is now. But like I was going to an improv show and there was uh, 150 people like packed into a room together and no one was like even like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And whereas now, like I have a, you know, if I try to meet up with a friend, it's like we have to like do we have to basically go in hazmat suits or whatever, you know, like it's like it really matters what everyone says is okay. Like that's really so much of like what we our thoughts in the world and what we do and the things we think are like yeah are just about like what does what does the group you know the society say is okay and what's not okay and like and that dictates just way more than I think we we like to think like I think that dictates most of our behavior like 99 percent and so I I think that protests are a really effective way of getting people to change how they think about stuff. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't, like, I don't know. Is it just that we're fighting against gravity? Like, what what do we do? Like, is there, I mean, I, it's disabled people, so we're very good at creative problem solving. Like, if you want a creative problem, creative problem solver, definitely go to your local disabled person. <laughs> but, like, so I have, like, that gives me hope that we'll figure it out. But then I get depressed when I'm, like, but, you know, we've there's all these things come in cycles of like protesting. And a lot of times we're not as we're just not as integral a part of them. So it is this worry is like, are we just stuck in this cycle that we'll never get out of? I think one of the first things that should be done or that we can we can do, we should do is disabled people are taken out of the history yeah. of, of things. I mean, y- yeah, you learn about Helen Keller. 
you, everyone learns about Helen Keller, and I'm not saying That's you should. I know, and I'm not saying you shouldn't learn about Helen Keller. Her story is very important. It's like her, um, her George is, Washington Carver yeah, of like the, yeah. of Black history. It's yeah. just like that's okay, fine, whatever. One person that's not even that important, right? Really, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's important, but you know, it, I mean, yeah, but like you know, you're you're neglecting, yeah, just a right. just a giant you're, wealth yes. of history. You're yeah, you're neglecting a huge swath of people. Uh, that that are worth talking about, but yeah. disability isn't isn't taught in any of the classrooms. It's not taught in, in history books. You know, it's yeah. And I I wish I had I wish I could just list off a bunch of like disability rights advocates or disability um, disabled history people from disabled history. But I don't I don't know my own history. Learn, I'm a disabled yeah. person. I don't know my own history. I you can have a podcast. About I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have no idea. So that's that's right now because I didn't grow up that way. That's on me. Like I need to educate myself. I need to figure it out. However, well, sort of, but we sort of shouldn't be. Honest. No, no, we should be taught about about our disabled brothers and sisters. About about people. Well, because it's also like know. we want that as it gives us more. I think it really helps, especially when you're like you know, in college or just out of co- like when you're starting to become an adult, like it helps to know that you are part of a long line of like people who did important things. Because when you don't, when you feel like you're not part of that at all, when other, the people around you are part of a different thing that you're not part of and you're, you have no role models, then you kind of, it's really hard to just like feel confident in yourself. So I think that it can help if we actually learn it in school. And then I think it, the other thing it does really well is it makes abled people understand and like right. and gives more awareness to them and so it's like the fact that we're doing it now it's like I think we, you know I think you're right we probably both should be doing it just especially because we have a podcast so maybe it'll be a good good time to be doing that but like but I think it's like it's kind of too late for like all the ways in it where it'd be super helpful I mean it's too late for us for our generation but it isn't too late for it's other never, generations it's never too late to learn though you can always learn something That's one true. new one new thing every day I mean, you know? I, yeah, no, I'll give you that. But I think that, like, as for, like, it's just, the, like, the people who aren't going to be, you know, if we if we haven't done it yet, that I'm sure that a bunch of people with pretty ableist beliefs that are have never, that have gone unchecked for years right. are not Fo- going to be doing it. Right. Focus on, focus on the younger, on the younger generation. Right. Fo- well, focus on, you know. school. Because then you, yeah. like, you solve the problem for other generations, you know, and there'll always be more generations. Mm-hmm. And, like, and there's, it's always worth changing things for younger people I don't just because it's too late to have something in one generation does not mean it's too late to like make it a thing for the future but yeah no learn learn and then maybe we all of these spaces that we feel marginalized you know all these yeah spaces that we feel that we don't fit in that the fact that we feel marginalized as disabled people maybe that wouldn't happen anymore people wouldn't see us or you know acknowledge us and and that would hopefully that would come around to oh I'm writing a movie about a disabled character I'm gonna say I'm gonna cast I'm gonna really cast a disabled actor to play them and then there's also like this being a film student there is this thing of like this weird kind of chicken and egg thing of media and public consciousness and how there is this just kind of blur of like like you can never fully know which one is pushing which one but like but it does it matters what we see too so there is like i think which is why even if it is an independent movie and not you know 
pe- more people see Iron Man than see like this movie, it still is worth it to like start making a bunch of independent movies that actually do right by us. Um, that just because you don't have a bankable star doesn't mean it's not worth it. And um, and just because the system is built the way it is, you Mr. White dude with like mm-hmm. enough power to get Alec Baldwin in your movie, like you're the kind of person who's able to like do something about the system. So you have no fucking excuse at all that's i think maybe we should um wrap up the yeah because yeah. i know we haven't <laughs> talked about blind in a very oh long my time God. <laughs> yeah. well yeah i mean that was that's, that's, it's important that's an important discussion yeah. to have and i mean it's you know what he started it <laughs> yeah yeah that's true he did he, he did start he totally it. started it um and i'm glad we had that discussion and we did have like a discussion about a similar thing on the episode I was editing, but I feel like we talked about a lot of different stuff. So it's good, good to okay, know good. that we can keep good. iterating. I, I probably brought Peanut Butter Falcon up on that episode. I think you did briefly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we should just keep a running tally now of how many times yeah, no, I, mentioned, be good. I mentioned Peanut Butter Falcon. I'm sure there's, well, what, what it, I mean, I compare Crip Face to Blackface every time we have this conversation. <laughs> Though this time they did that for me. So that was good. <laughs> I didn't have to do it. Um, but I think my challenge that I want to set for myself this week is to actually find some disabled uh, film critics. Yeah, I, there are I some. I do know that there are mm-hmm. some. I should have them on hand. Back to blind. I suppose. Yeah, back to blind. Back to blind. I mean, do you want to do the blindness acuity I test? I think we should. The blind acuity test yes. in this case? Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I'll go first this okay, time. Yes, okay, yes, please. Um, so I am going to give this movie, I'm going to give it a 2080, I think. It is, um, I mean, I granted we just had this long discussion about the problematic nature of, I mean, the, his, the remarks I think should reflect badly on the movie. I think that should be taken into account personally, because I think that that, um, that really does matter. And it seems like the things that he said are very toxic so um so i think that overall the movie is not super it's not offensive as we said before it's you know uh alec baldwin is is charming in his own weird way um which isn't we didn't even talk about the problematicness of alec baldwin in general as a person oh no oh trust but just trust i thought about i thought yeah can we put an asterisk on this whole episode right now yeah (laughs) Yeah, we'll just asterisk that we're we are not there's so much to talk about i know i know it's not even anything about disability so we can we'll just say that we acknowledge that he is not a clean figure no 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 (laughs) yeah um but but you know i think that it's it's fine it's yeah it doesn't it doesn't have any harmful stereotypes in it um like just specifically about like the character and and it's it's charming enough it hasn't it hits the right things that a movie is supposed to hit and yeah and and it has some like cute details even if none of them are like super cool details where you're like oh whoa that's like a thing that only a blind person would know because obviously no blind people worked on the movie so that's how you know um but but um but it's like it's still they try to like add a bunch of stuff and that he can see some things because i feel like you know i was talking about how 90 percent of like blind people have some vision so really theoretically it should be 90% of the movies we watch, but it's probably the other way around. So, um, so that was cool to see someone who actually probably had more vision than like 
um, the same vision I do, probably mostly. Um, so, so yeah, that's so kind of middle of the road, but I'm not going to give it a full legal blindness for all those reasons. But um, how about your, your, your reading? Well, uh, as is usually, uh, the tradition, uh, <laughs> my, mine is usually a little bit higher. Right. Um, so I think, uh, I was willing to put this at a, um, 2021 hundred, but, uh, especially after hearing what the director has to say yeah. and feeling deeply insulted, yeah. uh, as a disabled person, as someone who's trying to make it as an actor and an artist, yeah, it just, definitely. it just really fucking hurts. So I'm, I think I'm squarely at 2020. Okay. So you gave it a no, see. It's we always think that you, that mine is going to be lower than yours, and nope. most of the time it's the other way around. <laughs> Not today. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm I'm squarely at at a twenty twenty. I don't think this movie is offensive. Uh, I don't think it's breaking any new ground. Um, I think Alec Baldwin is a very watchable actor. Uh, if not a, 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 a decent human being at times. Yeah. Uh, which is yes, which is problematic, and I did take. I did try to take that into a, uh, into account watching the movie, yeah. but you know it's it's hard. It's hard because then you have to talk about like separating the art from the artist, and uh, yeah. sometimes it's not. It's sometimes it's not so easy to do. Like we discussed with someone like Alec Baldwin, who you are watching Alec Baldwin and not the and not the character. Right, right. But yeah, I think hearing <laughs> hearing that the director basically doesn't give two shits about disabled yeah. people makes me very sad and, and if he said all that about Alec Ball when you can imagine about someone taking his job <laughs> too oh, even more furious which which makes me wonder how much of an input the director had on on Alec's performance oh yeah I don't you know because I mean it's you're work, you're working with the director and the director's working with you and yeah so right so I don't know these are these are things that I don't know but yeah, no, it's uh, squarely at a 2020. Um, I don't know. Tell your mom to watch it. She'll probably like it. <laughs> That's our rating. Tell your mom tell to watch it. Tell your mom to watch it. But yeah. caveat that, that you should maybe look into the people who made it. <laughs> yeah. Dis, dis, uh, is, the seedy underbelly of dis, this movie. Decide for yourself if Alec Baldwin is right for you. Yeah. 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 Um, or or just know that um, we we do not approve. What's his name? Don't Oh, Michael Mailer. Mailer. We do not approve Michael Mailer in his nope. comments at all about this movie. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah. So then we can go into our um, thing that that's cool. That is cool this week. You can go first for the cool thing since um, go in opposite oh, order. Okay. My thing that's really cool this week is an oldie but a goodie. I have been rewatching the show Gravity Falls. Oh, on yeah. Disney Plus, Alex Hirsch. I love it. I adore this show. Uh, I, it's um, obviously it's if you don't know if you're the one person who doesn't know what Gravity Falls is about. It's about two twins, Mabel and Dipper, who are sent to spend the uh, spend the summer in Gravity Falls, Oregon, with their Grunkle Stan, their great uncle Grunkle, who runs the Mystery Shack, and yes. uh, all sort of hilarious uh, mysteries and hijinks ensue. Upon upon rewatch, this show is so much more adult than I gave it credit for, and I have no idea how they got away with all this stuff on the <laughs> Disney Channel. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I love it so much. Yeah, I love hearing um, all the things that get past censors. Um, yeah, because my 
I've met Alex Hirsch. He's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Friends, sort of. Oh, that's so cool. So, um, yeah. But I haven't seen Gravity Falls. <gasps> no. Okay. Well, it's it's all on Disney Plus. It's only two seasons. Oh yeah, Disney so, Plus. Yeah, it goes and they go by super fast. Like you can you can watch three or four of them in a I, day. This is a good time to watch them. So such a good time. I'm watching ten TV shows, but it's still nice. a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, Gravity Falls, I <laughs> there there's not too much to say about it because it's a lot of a lot has been said, but it's amazing. It's hilarious. This is one of the few shows where I legitimately will belly laugh. I can't watch it at night because my housemate is sleeping because I'm worried that I'm going to wake her up. Because <laughs> I will just and you you can hear me from anywhere in the house. So yeah, it's 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 what's cool this week. It's bringing me life. It's it's making me happy. Yes. Gra- Gravity Falls streaming on disney plus and hulu nice that's so it's like so easy to watch anyone can do it yeah um my thing this week is um maybe on the other end of the spectrum probably a little bit closer to the uh, discussion we were just having um about like black lives matter and stuff um is a book um it is called how to be an anti-racist um and it's by ibram x kendi Hope I'm pronouncing that right. I did check an NPR story, but well, whatever. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, it is a bout like racism, obviously, and anti-racism. Um, but kind of, it came out. Um, I'm pretty sure last year, and it is just like chapter by chapter. The the chapters are here. I'm gonna actually read some of the chapters because it gives you a good sense of like like the kind of just like breakdown of how racism works and kind of how these cultural um norms like how we we build like these myths about race and then or myths about race but like how we build the idea of race basically and um and like the different ways in which it is used to kind of oppress people basically and um and how it race is entirely constructed from nothing and it's not not technically real but then it's also like people use the fact that it's not real as it is also an oppress in an oppressive way um he does a way better job of making it seem simple than i am um so so it's definitely worth checking out but some of the chapters are like um power biology ethnicity um body culture uh behavior so it's just like we're just like breaking it down um thing by thing and it's just really well written and it's it's one of those books that's like um about important stuff and written in an extremely like di- like not digestible but like it's not a pro it doesn't have prohibitive language it's, it's not like, it's not like a wall of academic text exactly that you can't penetrate right yeah. exactly yeah. so it's like way more written for people who um for like people of a lot of different because uh, i mean really if you write things that are impenetrable it's ableist as well as being <laughs> um racist and uh and shuts out people who maybe if English is second language, all these different things. So, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's um, a cool book to check out. It is read. It the audiobook is read by the author, so um, it is really good. And that again is called um, "How to Be an Anti-Racist" by Ibram X. Kendi. Love it. Uh, since you since you read that, you should follow it up with um, a book of poems I read over the week called "Don't Call Us Dead." by oh. Denez Smith. 
they are an extraordinary nice. writer. Uh, and, and their poems just, I cried multiple times while reading the book. They write about uh, what it means to be black and gay in America. Oh, yeah. And did you, did you, um, was that one of yours in the past? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I His other book is Homie. Uh, which is the newer one, but I got this one first because oh, okay. I have them on hold at the library, and this is the one that came first. So this is the one I actually read first. Uh, okay, cool. Well, I'll keep that one in then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very, very, very good. Nice. That's um, that's "Don't Call Us Dead" by Denez Smith. And is does that have? Do they have an audiobook? Yes, they read the audiobook. Nice. So yeah. there you go. Lots of cool, like authors reading their own books about race in America. <laughs> um, yeah, fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know this is like, it's been a good episode. I love how like, how much we've like, how serious, blind with Alec Baldwin, the romantic comedy became very, I think it's just because it's hot in this room. It just brought out <laughs> the like, revolutionaries in us. Yes. Um, and I realized we did this out of order of what we normally do because we did our things first, but um, I'm telling what the next movie is. So we're doing Yeah, it's your, it's your week. What, yeah. what are we watching? Okay, so we're in very, a, a, a very like, different kind of movie. Um, it, this... <laughs> This movie is on canopy, subtitled. I'm not sure how much of it, how I'm much gonna, dialogue I'm gonna come there is. across this table. No, I'm yeah, I know you gotta kill me for this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I feel very bad because I feel like I'm only picking subtitle movies as of late. Because um, I want to get like also at some point we're gonna have to do the 55 indie movies from India <laughs> that have blind characters. We're gonna have to like so <gasps> that's right. There's so there's so that, many of them. That should be a whole episode. That actually would be really fun of just do. all 56. I think it's on Wikipedia. They're like, there is a few different categories of different blind oh, character we, movies, and one of them is ones in India, and it's fifty six, I believe. We should have my friend Sambit on if we do if we're doing Bollywood movies because he is Indian American and he grew up in that in that uh, film culture. And he so would, he would have, have some, a, he would have a lot of it. Yeah, he's probably should, seen a lot of them and would have some interesting things to yeah, say. Yeah, we should definitely get people who are more well versed in Bollywood to come on. Because um, I'm not. This. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm definitely yeah, I mean, not either. I, I know like Om Shanti Om, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll that would. I mean, I'm excited for like maybe at some point we'll just have to start calling people instead of like trying to get them to come to the house so we can do it during the quarantine. But I'd love to get more yeah. people who can bring like like cited but like different kinds of expertise mm -hmm. onto the podcast to talk about other stuff that'd be really fun anyway i interrupted you what, what no we, no no that's great <laughs> what are we watching next um week? we are watching quill the life of a guide dog oh <laughs> so it's about a dog it's about a puppy <laughs> i have been googling images of fat dogs for the past like three Aww. days because it's horrible like don't make your dogs morbidly obese it's horrible for them but oh my god, it looks so cute. <laughs> well, this will be a good. This is like a. It's like a dog video because it oh. like technically is one. It's just an hour and forty minute Japanese yes. dog video oh, that good. has a story. Oh good, it'll be weird <laughs> then. Perfect. Oh, I don't. I don't know how weird it will be. We'll find <laughs> out. Um, but but yeah. So I this will. I think it'll be fun. I, we need just like a dog. I feel like that's like the, the kind of mood we need at this point. <laughs> yes. Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. Somehow we'll still talk about like Black Lives Matter. I'm sure by like 
But we're we're trying. We got a dog. Okay. So that's that's Quill, the life of a guy dog. Yep, on canopy and I think hoopla. So oh nice library Get your get your library card. Yeah, if you want to watch along with us. Yes, um, and um, I think that's it for the episode. Do you have any other things before I do the credits? Oh, actually, I don't know if we mentioned it. Uh, Blind, if you really do want to watch it, is streaming on Hulu. Yeah, we might have mentioned it last I week. I can't. But well, we probably did. I can't remember. But oh, well. we can. But that's good to say again. Ta-da! <laughs> we did it again. Yes. Yeah. So you can, if you, if this, like, if you're like, wow, I really love watching Alec Baldwin be a blind person who has some vision but, um, and, and kind of cantankerous, then yeah, it's on Hulu. Um, okay. So our theme song is by Lucia Fasano. Our Twitter is White Cane Pod. Our Instagram is Citizen White Cane. And our Facebook is also Citizen White Cane. You can send us an email at citizenwhitecanepod at gmail.com. And if you would like to send us a voice message, um, did you, uh, are you a film critic who is disabled or do you have like, um, some good, like, scholars or f- historical disabled people that you think we should know about like you can send us a voice message about that are uh, you a disabled actor who's fed up with the industry or and or just trying to make it yeah are you um alec baldwin <laughs> <laughs> just don't be mean to us just in the voice message <laughs> You said it. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> and on that note, um, there's a link in the show notes to leave any of those. Um, and uh, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, and um, come back next week where we'll be talking about cool, the life of a guide dog. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Speak. Excuse me? I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Sorry, I don't understand. Keep going. Well, keep going with what? For the love of God, would you connect three sentences together so I'll have some sense of whether or not the next two hours of my bleak and blind life will be bearable or torture to my ears? Could you do that? Yeah, I... You're not doing community service, are you? I volunteered. Why? You got a hard-on for blind men? Citizen.